Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Thank you, church. Good to see each of you. Thank you to our worship team. Man, I love that. Mm. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. I want to say welcome to you. Thank you for being with us. You're faithful. I love you for that. You're all over the place, and I'm grateful uh, that you've joined us. And uh, so I want to say, before I get too far into uh, this series, I want to say a big thank you uh, to my guys, um, Tommy and Cade and Paxton for the last three weeks. Y'all give them a hand. That's a beautiful job by those three guys. I love... I love that my guys can come up here and step up and swing the stick, man. I love that. I sit over there like a proud papa when I'm watching them, and uh, they think I'm grading them. I'm not grading them, man. I'm having a good time with them, so, uh, but I love them to death, and that series, Give Us a Year, I don't, we're going to keep that in front of you all year, um, that, that we know this, church, that if you, as the little church, well, press in and give God the best you got in those four areas, I promise you he's gonna change your life. It's gonna change your life. And so I don't want you to get too far from that. We didn't preach that series just to take up four Sundays. We preached that series because we knew God wanted to do something through it, and we're just trusting that he does it all year. And uh, I pray that you take him up on, on those four areas, and I believe he'll blow your mind. So this uh, series I'm gonna kick off today is called Discover the Church at Bushland. Uh, we have got a lot of new people in the house, a lot. In two years, uh, we have changed a lot. Uh, we've grown a lot. There's not a lot of churches that are growing right now. And my friend, I'm gonna tell you something, we are. We're growing fast. Uh, let me just give you a little example of that, and this is not to brag on anybody but Jesus. But since January 1st, we have had 20-plus families join our church, new members. I want you to give them, a, give them a little bit of love this morning. There's about 10 or 12 more families that are right on the cliff to doing that. And so here's how we kind of do that. When you fill out a membership card to become a member of the church at Bushland, you feel that this is God's home for you, then mostly Cade, Cade does a tremendous job, but me and Tommy try to help him out as much as we can. But we wanna sit down with each of those families individually, especially the couple, uh, and, and just talk. Because we are a relational church, if you hadn't caught on to that yet. We're all about relationship. And we're in the relationship simply because Jesus is in the relationship. And if Jesus is into it, we wanna be in on it. And so that's what we do, because we want you to know us as your staff and pastors, but we also want you to know the church. So what I'm doing in this series is, uh, I, I just simply dialed it, uh, discover the church at Bushland. We're gonna pull back the pages and let you look in just a little bit. Not like the, church, not like the state of the church address I did in January, but just a little bit about the church. 
who it is, why it is, what it does, that kind of thing. And so, uh, so I wanna do that. So, so one of the questions that I still get a lot and, and, and many of my pastors get a lot is, what's up with the name? All right, what's up with the name? Because if you, I mean, seriously, if you, if you listen to the name of our church, the church at Bushland, that almost sounds a little cocky. This is not the church. It's like, wow, pastor, you, you really think you're something. Call you church the church. I'm like, that's not what that's about, dude. I'm sorry. That's not me. It's not what that's about. So we simply, January 31st of 2016 is when we changed the name. When I, when I came out here as the pastor, it was First Baptist Church in Bushland, all right? And we began to grow. We had a little bitty flock at that time. We began to grow. Uh, we began to just see God's presence move in worship and, and the word, and it just took off, and we began to see great things. And people would walk out of the church and say, Pastor, this ain't no Baptist church. And I'm like, okay. And they were just, that was just common. And then I would sit down with them. They would join the church, and they'd like, listen, listen, I didn't even want to come to a Baptist church. I told my wife, I can't come to a Baptist church. Like, I seriously can't eat liver and onions, and I seriously cannot come to a Baptist church. And I'm like, dude, I get it. I get it. But, but listen, Pastor, I walked in one time because I want to keep my marriage happy and my wife happy, and I was like, this is not a Baptist church. So I'm off the hook. I'm good, All right? And so listen to me. And so when you, when you have to explain the name of your church all the time, you probably need to look at whether you need to change your name. And that's what it came down to was when I looked at it, when I sat with the Lord and when I began to seek him about the change in the name, I, I was drawn to Paul's letters to four churches, the church at Philippi, the church at Ephesus, the church at Colossians, all those churches that he writes to. And these churches were experiencing a tremendous move of God in the spirit and in the word. And God was doing miraculous things and God was breathing on these houses but there wasn't much about them that was really that cool. I mean, it wasn't like the big time, big place. And I, I tell people, there's nothing about Bushland that's a big wow deal. People don't vacation the Bushland. Hey, hey boss, I need a week of vacation. Where are you going? I'm going out to Bushland. <laughs> you're fired because you're weird. And, and so, I mean, people don't do that, all right? I mean, I love the community. Uh, but, but that's not a vacation place. All water parks not packed out here, all right? And we just don't, we don't do that. And so what I sensed God saying was, Jeff, listen to me. Your church, I'm breathing on it, but I want your church to always be the church. And don't get caught up in a location. Just be the church. And so the church at Bushland was formed. And we became the church at Bushland because my desire as your senior pastor is that we would always be the church worthy of his return. He's coming back to get the church. Then spend all your efforts, man, and energy and, and everything you got to be the church and be the church that he died for and be the church that he's coming back to get. That's all. We don't try to exalt a denomination. We don't try to chase after anything but all we do is lift up Jesus as he draws all men and women, boys and girls. And the foundation of our church is the word of God. That's it, simple. It's not anything. There's not some board looking down going, preacher, you can't preach that. I'm like, yes, I can. The, I'm preaching the word, that's period. 
And we're, we are the church at Bushland. That the location is not a big deal, but being the church is the big deal. And so we seek to just be the church. So there's, I get that all the time because people don't realize, like, well, yeah, like you're the only church out there. Well, there's one other church that I know of, okay? It's down the road. But we're not trying to be the only church. We're just trying to be the church that he's called us to be because we wanna be worthy of his return one day because he looks at us and says, good job, church. Good job, church. And so that's where the name came from. So as we transition into this series, Discover Bushland, I don't know if you're like me. You probably are. Uh, I go into a lot of churches, sometimes for weddings, sometimes funerals. Sometimes I just speak at different things like baccalaureate and things like that. But, but I always like going into churches. And when I go into churches, I kind of go in a little different. I probably go in like some of you, but maybe not all of you. But when I go into a church, I mean, I'm like, I don't see this place. What's this church up to? What's this church about? What's the point of this church? Why is it here? How did it get here? That kind of stuff. Y'all like me? I'm always wanting to know that. I'm always wanting to know that. So I'm looking around, and I'm looking at, like, the lighting. You know, some of it's like lighting. Some of it's like yellow. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not lights. And so I'm looking at the duct work, and I'm like, dude, you need to call somebody because that's nasty. You know, I mean, they're just, I'm just, I see stuff. And I look at organs, I look at pianos, I look at the stage, I look at the choir loft, I look at this big old pipe organ. I mean, I look at everything. I look at the pews, I look at the hymnals, I try to figure out with the little cards in the, in the, in the, in the, in the little uh, back of the pews. I, I, and I look at that, I look at the carpet, and sometimes I'm like, can you even get that color anymore? I'm not even sure you can get that color anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some, there's some stuff. And so I'm always looking at it. And I, always, I have a series of questions that I wanna throw at you. Have you ever wondered, walking into a church, maybe this church, what's this church all about? Why is it here? What's the point of this place? What's the church trying to accomplish? It's a good question. How will they know if they do? <laughs> That's a really good question. What are you trying to accomplish here at the church? And then I give an answer. And then a beautiful question coming after that is, how do you know if you do it? Because see, here's my theory on stuff. If you don't know why you do something, you're probably gonna stop doing it. You ever try to work out? The mirror kept going. Can't tell you working out, dude. You know what you're gonna do work out? Stop. I ain't doing all that if it ain't making no difference. I mean, who does what? I mean, I don't. We don't fix a meal to look at the meal, fix the meal to eat the meal, amen? And, and so you gotta figure out why you do something and how do you know if you accomplish it? Same thing for the church. What's the purpose of this church? You ever thought about that? What's the purpose of the church at Bushland? What are our core values? What, what are our values? What are the core values of our church? Does the church know them? That's a really good question. Because what if you're at work and your buddy says, hey man, I know you've been coming to that church for a while and I know it's a huge difference in your life and your family and it's, just, it's changed you. So tell me about your church. What, what's the purpose? What's the values of your church? Well, hang on just a second. I gotta call Jeff. Jeff, I got this guy in my office, man. He wants to know the core values. I don't have a fat clue what core values are. I just kind of know what section I sit in. <laughs> Hey, you know what I'm gonna do to you in love? Uh, 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 I'm gonna hang up on you because you, 
you should know what your church is about. Why, 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 you, why does your church do what it does? What's the point? They're in the song that we sing that Paxton hadn't seek the Lord about whether he needs to sing it. Everything we do, man, is about him. Candlelight, manger, every series, every Sunday, everything, everything. So could the church, could the church tell somebody about the core values and the purposes of this church? I said this statement in the first service. The church is the church's best advertisement. Think about that. The church, you and me, me, not the pastor, me, the church, you, the church, me and you, we're the greatest, best commercial the church has, the best. If you're with a family out to dinner, lunch, in the neighborhood, and they pull you off to the side, maybe the mom or the dad, and say, hey, what the heck happened to you, man? Two months ago, y'all were a mess as a marriage. And now look at you. You look like you're on your honeymoon. Well, man, I got involved at the church at Bushland. I walked in, and I was just overwhelmed by the presence of God. And he fell on us as a couple and as a family. And God made us new, man. And we were blind, but now we see. That's all I'm telling you. See, that is the greatest commercial, greatest advertisement this church could ever have. We could do mail out after mail out after mail out. We could fly planes over the church and spell out words and no one's coming. But a changed life will always lead a person to a church. Listen to me. When the blind man got his sight, that was some kind of deal, bud. When God does it in you, through you, and in your family, that's a big deal. The church is the church's best advertisement. So we, as the church at Bushland, are what is known today as a non-denominational church. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm serious. And you say, but we're in trouble. Our leadership here is pathetic. Our pastor don't even know what we are. Well, I know that we are a non-denominational church, meaning we're not under a denomination, but we are far from being a non-denominational church. When I look at us as a church, we are very much a denominational church. We've got Church of Christ, we got Methodists, we got Baptists, Lutherans, Presbyterians. I don't, can't spell church. I don't know about a church. I've never been to a church. I mean, we are a hodgepodge of denominations. We're not a non-denomination. I know what it means that you do not answer to a denomination, all right, like a Baptist or, or Methodist. But we are very much a denominational church. That is the beauty of who we are. I love the fact that we are many denominations that come together. That is church. Now, that ain't easy to do. It's not easy to be a non-denominational church. The best thing about a non-denominational church 
is that it's a non-denominational church. But the hardest thing sometimes about a non-denominational church is that it's a non-denominational church. You see, your greatest strength can also become your greatest weakness because you've got all these people that have grown up for years in all these different denominations, and it becomes you more than you think it does. And, and as you come together with other people of different denominations and different traditions and styles of worship, that can become a little sloppy. And see, I got a real dangerous job because my job is to take a multi-denominational church and make it a church, one church. And that's not easy to do. But it's also one of the most beautiful things that we do as a church. Some of the most gorgeous times in the church is when we lock in with the presence and the Spirit of God, and heaven falls, and I'm telling you, when you look out, you couldn't pick a Methodist from a Church of Christ if they paid you to. And that's a beautiful thing, because welcome to heaven, amen. Welcome to heaven. I love every bit of that. So there's a couple foundational scriptures that have made us who we are. And I want you to go there with me real fast. I want you to first go to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. Look at verses 43 to 47. Acts two, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe in many wonders or miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. You want to know a foundational scripture for the church at Bushland? Right there. That is our desire. Tommy, as our family pastor over life groups, every life group that exists in a home, a coffee shop, in a barn, it don't matter where they meet. If they come together, break bread, get in the word, pray, and watch God do miraculous things that is called church. And what we wanna do here, it's very important for us to take the corporate big church and make it small. Because see, you can go to some big old mega churches and get lost. Never, man, you're like, I don't know I'm here, they don't know I'm here, so I'm assuming God doesn't know I'm here. And I'm not, I'm not making light of that church. I'm just saying that's, I, I sit with these people. I know. That's what they say. See, I spent most of my early life in elementary, never noticed. One cafeteria worker saw me in the first five years of school at elementary school. Miss A, I didn't even get noticed 
until sports started. That's why I'm passionate about coaches. Don't ever talk to me about how bad a coach is. I love coaches. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to do that. But I love coaches because <laughs> some of y'all are like, oh, my gosh. But, but I love them. I love them. They, they're the ones that spoke more life into me than anything. More than me. I get accused sometimes of sounding like a coach. I'm a pastor coach. It's a good thing, all right? I want you to go to another scripture, John chapter four. I've shared this many times. I love John four. Uh, this is the encounter of the woman at the well, but I want you to go a little bit later in that, in that text. Go to verse 21. If you're talking about another foundational scripture, because somebody said, so, so your church, the church at Bushton, tell me what some foundational scriptures of your church are. Uh, let me call Jeff. See, now you don't have to call me, all right? Except for lunch. So you, you, could, you, you can know this. I think it's very important that someone to say, hey, man, you go to church? Yeah, what's, what's a foundational scripture for your church? Kind of like, what's it founded on? What's it, what was it all about? Acts 2, John 4. They're like, wow. You can't go to many people that go to many churches and ask them what the foundational scriptures of their churches are. I have no idea why you can't do that. I, I don't know. I thought, I thought the church was supposed to be built on the word. Why don't we know the word? Why don't we even know the word that is found? What's the foundational scripture of the church? So John chapter four, look at it real quick. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. Mm. Boy, that, if you've got your Bible, you can underline that. That's a massive statement right there. We, we worship what we do know. Mm. You can underline that too. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and now is come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and the worshipers, his worshipers, must worship in spirit and in truth. That, my friends, is the New Testament church big time. That is the kind of church that Jesus will walk into and stay a while. I told this, I told this story earlier. Uh, I, I did 18 years of student ministry before I became a pastor, and we were at youth camp one time, and that statement up there that says, you, you worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, that is a massive statement. Because listen to me, you can't worship something you don't know. So I had this young man, he came to youth camp, and Monday night, I could just tell God was all over him. And Tuesday night, I could tell God was all over him in worship. And Wednesday night in worship, he kept running out to the outside. We were in the outside tabernacle. He kept running out there, and I don't mean to be gross, but he kept vomiting, all right? He just throwing up all over the place. So that particular year, because I'm lucky, I had a school nurse with me. All right? And I love school nurses, all right? But she wanted to send him home. And I said, can't send him home. Well, Jeff, he's sick. I said, I realize he's sick. That's pretty obvious, all right? He's decorating everything pretty good over here, all right? I realize he's sick, but he ain't sick because he's sick. 
He's sick because of his sin. He's lost and he's running from God. And he's sick because his stomach is just turning over inside because he's wanting to hold on to all that junk of his old life and God's ready to set him free. Well, you're the meanest youth pastor I've ever met. And I said, well, thank you. But he's gonna go back into worship. And boy, she didn't like me. So we went back into worship. He didn't last 10 minutes, right? And man, he jetted out the back. And when he went out the back, he got out the back and he fell down. He's pounding on the ground, pounding on the ground, pounding on the ground. And I came over to him and I put my arms around him. I was holding him real tight. And I said, just stop fighting, man. Just stop fighting. Just stop fighting and let go, let go, let go. Confess him, receive Jesus as your savior, and, and he'll make you new, man. He'll make you new. He'll make you a new creation. You were once blind, but now you see. Just give up the fight. And he just started praying, man. I just remember his words to this day. He just prayed those prayers. And God, I just felt him, man. I had, the, the last time I felt that was when I was holding my wife. Uh, but I just felt him. That little boy just so bound up and heavy. And all of a sudden, God just set him free, man. And he walked back into worship. And he came up there, and we started singing at the end. And that dude, boy, he started worshiping, hands up, tears rolling down his cheeks. And I thought of John chapter 4, you worship what you do not know, but we worship what we do know. You can't worship what you don't know, but when you meet him, oh, your worship will never be the same again, man. Oh, I think about the blind man in Scripture. It's a tough life when you run in the trees all the time, dude. But when you miss those trees, you got to give it up for the king, amen. When you know what you worship, your worship changes. We got a row. I keep looking at the clock. It says 1031. I can promise you it's not 1031. That clock's froze, man. You don't ever freeze a clock on a preacher. Like, dude, I just did all that. The time didn't even move. Look at that. I will. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. It's not anywhere near 1031. All right, we got a row. That's just funny. I was like, this, oh, this is my greatest day ever. I can preach and the time never goes anywhere. So, uh, all right, TK. So listen to me. I said it's important for y'all to know the foundational purpose is the core of who we are. So someone at work said, man, tell me, the, tell me what your purpose statement of your church is. Tell me the core values that you guys are trying to accomplish as a church. Here they are. And, and, and I'm going to give them to you, but then I'm going to teach them the next four weeks. Does that make sense? It's too much, okay? So number one, here at the church, we want everybody that walks in those doors to know God. K-N-O-W, God. Knowing. It's very important to us. When they, when they know God, we want them next to find freedom. Mm. When the Lord set you free, you be free indeed, amen. Freedom is a big deal. Trucker convoy, come on. Freedom's a big deal, man. It's a big deal, amen. It's funny, we, we fought like crazy for freedom in our country, <laughs> and now we get in trouble for defending it. I don't know. Somehow that's confusing to me. Number three, after finding freedom, is discover purpose. The God of all creation has written something on your heart. It's called a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11. All right? 
He knows the plans he has for you. I want you to know that. And last is this. We want you, after you know God, after you find freedom, after you discover your purpose, to go make a difference. Outside these walls, go make a difference, man. Go be the church outside the walls. Go be the church. So here's a question. Can we really know God? K-N-O-W, like know the God of all creation. Can you really know the God of all creation? Let me say it this way. Can the creation know the creator? That's, that's a massive statement. I want you to go to Psalm 95. Psalm 95, I really am gonna go quick. Psalm 95, verse one. Psalm 95, verse one. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol, his, extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his. He made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are his people of his pasture, the flock under his care. That is our God. No other, no other worldview, no other made up, puffed up, you know, blown up God wants to know you. None of them. They don't even care that you know them. But our God, the one God, the one true God, he said, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. That's a big deal. I don't know if we can get our little peanut, finite brains around that, man, that the God of all creation wants to know me, wants to know me. We want everyone that walks through these doors to know God, everybody, no matter when. I don't care if it's the insurance guy on Tuesday, I don't care if it's the bug guy spraying on Wednesday. I want him to come into the house and feel the presence and say, man, there's, there, there's something in here. Yeah, his name's God. He is the aroma of this room. He is the air that we breathe. We want everyone that walks through the doors to know God. 2 Corinthians 13, 12 2 Corinthians 13, 12, I did a series several years ago called The One Another's in Scriptures. This is one of them. This is a big deal when you know God. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Some of y'all got real excited. Y'all looking around like, yeah, I'll take that, take her, yeah, take him, yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm sorry to pour water on your picnic, but that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. When you greet someone with a holy kiss, that is a kiss from God from heaven. That's what that is. When you walk into the church, my friend, the greatest thing the church can do is to greet you. There shouldn't be one person in the house that is ever allowed to come into the house of the Lord that isn't greeted in some style. Shake their hand, pat them on the back, say good morning, glad you're here, something. Because when you're seen by someone like the church, to them, that says I'm seen by God. That's seen by God. And when you let someone know that God sees them, they're more likely <laughs> to want to know him. 
But if you're not even greeted by the church and acknowledged by the church and not even seen by the church, you know what you say? That must be how God feels about me too. And so immediately, man, you don't give that dude, that girl a chance to know God. So pity on the church that is so stiff in religion all right, that they do not go out of the way to greet one another with a holy kiss. Because when you greet one another with a holy kiss, that kiss is coming from God. The kiss is coming from the creator to the creation. And that feels good, man. That feels good. Now I'm open to meeting God. So can I know God? Can I really know God? Can I, K-N-O-W, God? We are all asking that question in one way or the other. The answer is simply yes, yes. You say, well, how do you know that, pastor? Good question. Last scripture, go there, Genesis. Go to Genesis. Let me show you how I know that. Genesis chapter three, Genesis is when all starts. He creates everything. He made Adam and Eve, all right? They, they eat an apple, all right? I said they, I didn't say she. I want all the girls to give me some love for that, all right? They ate an apple, all right? I, and I want you to pick up in verse seven, Genesis three, verse seven. I want you to see who makes the first move. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Verse eight, then the man and his wife heard a sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But watch this, verse nine, but the Lord God called to man where are you? The invitation, the call came from the God of all creation to his creation, to his crown jewel of creation. Better than the mountains, better than the sea, better than the sky, better than anything he made. He is crazy about his creation made in his image. And they hid and God said, don't hide from me. I want relationship with you. I desire it. It's my ideal. I'm taking the first step. Where are you? That's a big deal, man. All in this worship center right now and online. There's some of you in here that thinks, there ain't no way God wants to know me. You don't know me, man. I'm not a good dude. It doesn't matter what you think you are, okay? He says, I love you, and I want relationship with you, and I want you to know me. He is calling out to you, come, where are you? Let me know you. Let me get to know you. Let you get to know me, because I'm gonna tell you something. When the creation meet the creator, it changes everything, it changes everything. So the most important thing that we do as a church, and I'll talk more about it next week, anybody that walks into this house, even listens online, that they know God. They gotta know God, man. And we are the only ones that have the opportunity that the creation gets to know the creator, and it's on his terms and by his invitation. That's stinking cool. So cool. 
I want you to think about that this week. I don't care how bad your week is. At the end of the week that is sorry, guess what? The creator still loves his creation more than anything in the world, and all he wants you to do is take that sorry week and come sit with him and let him hold you and tell you next week's gonna be better. Don't run from the creator. You're the creation, his crown jewel of creation. And he took the first step to know him. And that's the most important thing we do as a church, everyone that walks in this house. We give them the opportunity by greeting them and say, hey, what? I see you, he sees you, and he wants to know you, and you need to know him. I'm gonna invite you to stay in church. Be comforted by the fact that it's 1030. (laughs) I'm letting you out early. (laughs) Listen to me. The creator, can you get your head around it? The creator. Mm. The creator. God. The one true God. The, The creator wants to know you. Man, that's just. I don't know if my peanut can do it, man. I I don't have enough up there. He wants to know me. I spent most of elementary, no one wanted to know me. I couldn't speak. I couldn't spell. I stuttered. No one sat by me. They laughed at me. They didn't sit by me. But even in the midst of that, the creator is like, (laughs) hey, creation, what I've written on you, hmm. You don't have any idea what I wrote on you, boy. You don't know. You don't know. Right now, their laughs hurt. I hear them. But what I wrote on you is going to trump all that. It's going to trump it all. What's he wrote on you? I'll tell you what he wrote on you. Come. Where are you? Know me. I took the first step, God said. You take the next. Next week, I'll talk about it. He took one step. Our step is next. Let me pray with you. We're going to worship. Father, you took the step. The creator God, he took the first step. It's your big idea to know us. I don't even get that. I don't. But I love it. You look down from way up there. You see us like a grain of sand. But you want to get to know us, man. You want to know our name. You want to talk about us. You want to visit with us and spend time with us. So God, thank you for taking the step that we take a step back to you. God, we love you. God, right now as we stand as a corporate body, we begin to worship. I pray, Father, as we started, that you would captivate our heart. For those online, God, I pray the same thing happens right where they're at, that you draw them to you right now. God, you let us know that you want to know us. God, we love you. We worship you now. If we need to move, God, if we need to say yes to you, let us do that. Thank you. Thank you for taking the first step to know us. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. 
We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 